Welcome to episode number two of Day to Day, the podcast that keeps you updated on all the injuries when it comes to the NFL. And man, we had a ton of them. So let's get right into it here on the Hammer Betting Network today. I'm your host, Chris Abbott, joined by TA from Clev Analytics. TA, I got to tell you, I used some of your injury advice last week and it actually helped me cover some spreads. So I really appreciate that. Let's Let's see if we can do a little bit more here today. And, and we've got a huge list of injuries to go through. Um, I think I, I know what you we presume to be the most notable one, but but why don't you uh, tell me what you think is the most notable injury? Is it Dak Prescott? Is it TJ Watt? Is it Keenan Allen? Is it somebody who plays a, a key position on another team that we're not thinking of? Um, you know, is it Mac Jones going into week two? What, what, what do we need to look out for? And what was the most significant injury of uh, week one? Yeah, so obviously I think it's uh, anytime it's the quarterback position involved, especially, uh, you know, a very good to, I don't know if you'll call him elite, but very good quarterback. It's got to be Dak Prescott. You could just look at the line movement um, with him being declared out for the next, what, four to six weeks and Cooper Rush being stuck in there as a starter. The line went from the look-ahead line against Cincinnati at home was two and a half. There were minus two and a half going into uh, this past weekend. And now I'm looking at the board and there's, you know, seven and a half and eights out there. So you're talking about a 10 and a half, 10 to 10 and a half point swing, which is pretty substantial. And it's, you know, yeah, the, the Cowboys didn't look good in general. So that might be part of the reason, but obviously, you know, Dak, uh, Dak's being out of there is really, um, you know, pushing this line upward. And if you're a, if you're someone like me who thinks that this might've been overextended or, you know, someone who, um, you know, tries to take advantage of some of these movements, you know, there's no point in really stepping in yet. Just let all the momentum, let all the people that are going to, uh, you know, jump on the the negative train kind of do that. And then maybe you jump in last minute, if that's something you're interested in. I'm not sure. I mean, the problem is last year, Cooper Rush was, um, he, he actually did start against Minnesota. If you remember, it was a Sunday night game. Dak was declared out kind of the, uh, at the last minute, he played pretty well and they ended up winning that game outright. And we've seen his in the last you know two years or so, you know I think the market has been overreacting to some of these quarterback injuries. Um, you know I, I wish I had the stat on me because I did post it last year on Twitter towards the end of the year because it was happening a lot. But when these backup quarterbacks were brought in, they were actually covering the spread at a really high rate. You know something like 70 percent of the time because just the market doesn't know how to properly evaluate uh, the, the quarterback drop down from from a starter like Dak to the backup and. And so you get some of this momentum um, kind of overextending itself. So I think this number is probably too high, but, you know, uh, based on how Dallas looked in general with the, the offensive line issues, they have Connor McGovern, who's a guard, who's also uh, looks like he's out. You know, they, they've got major issues there. Tyron Smith obviously is out of left tackle. Uh, the wide receiver position is weak. So, you know, um, it's kind of all those things rolled up into one, but clearly there's mo- momentum and, and it's clearly the biggest impact on the, on the lines for week two. Yeah, you know, and you just highlighted something that I think is is really beneficial to people who watch or listen to us. You know, for me, my thing was Joe Burrow's not going to throw all those interceptions again. Uh, you know, this line's only going to move up. I better get Cincinnati early. So I'm locked in at seven. And I love your thinking to be like, no, let it blow up. And then maybe you get a, a, a number on Dallas coming back that's really not fair. So it really goes to show the difference between somebody who's who's been down this road with uh, all the stats before and a guy like me who's a little more narrative based sometimes 
Yeah, and it's again, it's not easy. It's it's a little bit, you know, art versus science. Uh, if you're able to get in Cincinnati early, you know, seven or less, and yeah, it's a good bet because at worst case, you can, if you wanted the middle, if you <laughs> at the end of the day, if it gets to nine and a half or even ten, you know, you got a decent middle spot. But otherwise, you're sitting with it with a you know a plus EV ticket. Um, I personally, like I said, I'm I'm just still uh, I I get wary when I see these huge moves like this because I just know I've seen it before. It's just, it, this isn't, you know, this is an expansion team. I mean, the Cowboys still have talent, especially on defense. They still have, uh, you know, CD lamb. They still have Zico Elliott. So it's not like they're completely void of, of talent and, and can't make this a game. Um, so for me if, if, at this point, you know, I would just let it ride out and, and see how high you can get. And then maybe consider it if it gets to, you know, that 10, you know, that nine and a half to 10 number for me personally, but it's, it's definitely not, it's not like I have a model that is going to tell me the exact point spread difference between the two guys. It just, I don't think any model uh, can do that perfectly. So. No. And some people look at it and say, Hey, Joe Burrow against Cooper rush. Give me uh give me Joe Burrow. So we'll, you know, we'll see where the number ends up, but I love that we talk about this early in the week. All right. Um, we're talking about an AFC North team. How about another one in, in the Pittsburgh Steelers who put on, you know, just a remarkable defensive effort against uh, Cincinnati. And then you have, um, a massive, their defensive leader. I, I, I mean, I guess if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt this week, maybe this is the biggest injury we're talking about. But TJ Watt, um, how much does that mean? I mean, they've got some other studs on defense, but he's really their leader. Yeah, and it's typically, like I said, you know, quarterbacks move the lines more than anybody have the biggest impact. But I'd say edge rusher is maybe number two behind, you know, maybe a wide receiver if it's it's a high end, like a Devontae Adams level. But you know, Ed Rusher is right there, um, you know, uh, kind of the next most impactful position. Um, and TJ Watt's the best in the business. So it's hard to uh, really d- diminish uh, how impactful he is. And if you just, you're going to probably see this a lot out there. Um, there's going to be different numbers, but in general, you know, you can look at some of the uh, on off splits with TJ Watt when he's in the lineup uh, and when he's out, when he's not in the lineup and just see what a drastic change it is um and I, I dug up some numbers here since 2017 this is just the Steelers defense EPA allowed per drop back to quarterbacks throwing the ball so you're not even concerned about the running game just just about passing um and since 2017 Steelers defense with TJ Watt on the field has allowed a, a minus 0.214 which is essentially equivalent to like a top five defense um, and then without him in the lineup, and that, and that includes, you know, games that he's played, he just has sat out, you know, taking a breather or whatever, but it's mainly games that he's missed. Uh, they've allowed 0.158, which is like Houston Texans level of last year, just to give you the disparity. Now, some of that, there is some noise in some of these numbers. It, it depends on who else is on the field. It depends who they're playing. I mean, I looked at the, the four games he's missed since 2017, four full games, the quarterbacks he's, he's faced are Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. So kind of on those two on the elite end and then Mike Glennon and Baker Mayfield on the other end. So I think it's a pretty nicely rounded, you know, when you, when you kind of add it all up, kind of middle of the pack um, blended quarterback, uh, um, you know, uh, the quarterback position that they faced without TJ Watt. So I think it's a pretty good number, but it's just a huge disparity. Uh, and they're going to be starting Malik Reed, who they picked up from the Broncos, um, in the off season, he is clearly not even close to, to what TJ Watt is from an edge rusher. I mean, just for, for comparison, he did, have, he did have six sacks last year with Denver, but there are a lot of empty sacks, a lot of cleanup sacks. He was 110th out of 130 edge rushers that qualified in pressure rate. 
Um, yeah, I think it was 118th in PFF uh, pass rush grade. So he was not a good pass rusher. So I, I, I'd be a little bit nervous on that end. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Patriots have a pretty good offensive line with two good tackles. So, you know, normally maybe a bit a tough position for Mac Jones, but uh, I think he's going to have a clean pocket and they're going to have to find other ways to create pressure. So among the non-quarterbacks, TJ Watt might be, he might be number one when it comes to him and Aaron Donald, when it comes to uh, impact to the spread. And we're seeing, I mean, New England is but a one and one and a half point favorite in a lot of spots, which I think people are surprised at. Um, I think normally you would see Pittsburgh here as more of a one and a half point favorite if, if Watt was playing. So I, I think it's, you know, kind of a two to two and a half point um, spread there between uh, him playing and him not playing is really what's driving this number. And there's some question about Mac Jones. There's uh, Chris Godwin, who we talked about on this show last week, of course, left the game with an injury on Sunday night. You have Keenan Allen uh, in what could be a shootout Thursday night and certainly a weapon that Justin Herbert would like to have. Um, any of those names got you particularly interested? Yeah, I mean, the Keenan Allen news was announced officially just, I think, a couple hours ago. He's out for Thursday. I don't think that's, you know, that's a surprise to anybody. I'm actually shocked that the line went from three and a half to, I'm seeing four and a half, so maybe even a five somewhere. Uh, I I don't understand that. I mean, I, I didn't think there was really any question that he wasn't going to play on a short week. Uh, so I don't know what people were holding, holding, um, you know, waiting on. I guess, you know, it is essentially dead numbers between three and a half and five. So maybe it's not as big of a move, but you know, I would have thought that if you like Kansas City, you just would have taken it this morning before any of that, you know, uh, became official. You're going to see Josh Palmer uh, slide into that number two role and then DeAndre Carter be the, be the number three. He caught a nice touchdown pass from Herbert after Allen left the game. But I will say, uh, again, it's tough to, to – it's a tiny sample size and the, the, the game situation, um, you know, did impact this. But in, uh, once Allen left at the end of the first half, um, I think they had one drive after that. But if you look at the second half, uh, Herbert was only 9 of 14 for 75 yards without uh, Keenan Allen, 5.4 yards per attempt. He only had three completions over 10 yards, and two of them were Austin Eckler. The third one was an 18-yard touchdown to Gerald Everett. It was a great play, but it was more of a desperation, kind of out of uh, you know out-of-the-pocket play. So, you know, they weren't pushing the ball downfield. Now, again, the situation matters there where they were up, so maybe they were being more conservative. But you know, that is something to, to consider uh, going forward, at least this week, is how how aggressive are they going to be uh, without Allen? Are they going to be dumping the ball off? Um, you know, a lot of criticism that Herbert's not pushing the ball down the field as much. Uh, could be the uh, offensive, uh, you know, coordinator thing there. But, uh, but yeah, I think there's definitely an impact, when, especially on third downs, and especially on the road at night in prime time. Like, that's where you need Keenan Allen. That's where he shines. He's, he's great on those third downs. So that's where I think, and especially fourth downs, too, with this team and Brent, with Brandon Staley, they go for it so often. I think that's where you're going to feel the impact the most. I mean, that's going to be, I'm really looking forward to that one Thursday night and it's too bad that Keenan Allen won't be in there. Um, I wonder if it was, if it was so much about the Kansas city offense or how bad Arizona looked uh, on the weekend, but um, yeah, it was, it was well, we uh, about certainly, that, right? yeah. That, that was about the cluster injuries in the secondary. I mean, they had no shot and then JJ Watt yeah. being out, it was, it was embarrassing, but, but we saw that coming. That, that's what happens when you have a, a mediocre and a bad defense and you lose, you know, so many guys in the secondary. It's, you have no chance of uh, stopping Mahomes. So that's what we saw. Well, yeah, it's funny. You know, we talked about this uh, last week and you said, you know, it jumped from three to six. And I don't know. I mean, at three, six, 13, 16, 23, I, 
there was not really a bad number to be had on Kansas City, and we all realized that after the first quarter. So, um, yeah, it would be, uh, you know, interesting to see how that translates into this week where you've got, you know, Devontae Adams going up against the Arizona Cardinals. But, you know, before we get get too far, and we're going to have our full slate breakdown on edge rush coming up uh, in, a, in another day um, with the hitman. So I, I can't wait to get into this. But, you know, on a week two where we've had – so many upsets in week one, big underdogs cashing. We're seeing multiple double-digit spreads out there right now. How much of those or which of those do you feel might be an overreaction? Which of those might be also very, very injury-spurred that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, the Cardinals line, again, I think it's jumped up to six now. It opened to three and a half against the Raiders. I think people are you know assuming that a lot of those uh, Cardinals are still out. Um, I think JJ uh, Watts most likely the one who would play if he, if he does. And again, I don't know how much he moves the needle anymore, but you know, that one is, it might be a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, I mean, obviously facing Kansas city is a little bit different than facing the Raiders. Um, but you know, that's one, you know, I don't see any others um, off the top that are, you know, the, the, there's no real major movers. I would say Baltimore um, does have a couple of, of injuries to look out for, that might get this, this line versus Miami. They're favored by three and a half. It might, um, you know, wiggle down to three. If we see that Ronnie Stanley is declared out again. Uh, so the left tackle, all pro left tackle missed last week after missing all of last year. And Jawan James, who had not played since 2019 was moved over um, to the left side from the right side. And, and he uh, is out for the year now. So they, they, they stuck a guy, Patrick McCarry, who actually played pretty well. And, and he historically has been pretty decent. He just hasn't played a ton of left tackle. So, uh, but that's definitely a downgrade. And so if Ronnie Stanley does play, I think that could um, keep the line at three and a half, maybe to four. If he's out, there's a shot that that gets down to three. I mean, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how people judge that. Um, but I'm going to keep an eye on that. They also lost Kyle Fuller. Their, their slot corner. So, you know, they had all those injury issues last year and it's, and it's affecting them again. So that's one I would keep an eye out. I don't think there's really too many others. The only other one that um, I'll hit on two teams that I think um, it could, could have some impact. Uh, the Colts were missing Darius Leonard last week, the heart and soul, their defense. Uh, we saw that they didn't do a good job stopping Houston, allowing 20 points, obviously uh, tying that game. He's such a big part of that defense and he creates so many turnovers and that's what they feasted on last year were those turnovers top five in the NFL and turnover EPA gained on defense. And so him out of that lineup, you, you lose a lot of that, that playmaking ability and they're going down to Jacksonville. I think they really could use him there. Um, and that line is sitting at four. If he's declared in, you know, maybe you get that to up to five. It'll be interesting to see there. And then, um, you know, the Rams, I don't think this will move the line at all, but Brian Allen, their center, they look terrible on Thursday night football, but Brian Allen, their center uh, is now out for the next two to four weeks. They already lost. Um, we, we talked about it, uh, uh, you know, last week that Andrew Whitworth retired at left tackle, Joseph Noteboom. Um, he, he got, to, he looked like a turnstile against Von Miller. Uh, they lost Austin Corbett over the summer in free agency. And then the, the third round pick Logan Bruss, he got hurt. So there's a ton of, you know, movement in that defensive or that offensive line. And they're going up against a Falcons defense that no one thought was going to be able to create pressure. And, and they did a really nice job last week against 
uh, Jameis Winston. They blitzed a lot. Dean Pease is a really good defensive coordinator. So if Allen is out, that could affect things. Grady Jarrett is their best offender, and he's a, a really good defensive tackle, so he's going to be right over the nose. So that's one that um, you know uh, that could be an issue. Van Jefferson is likely out again. We'll see. But if he's out, they have no deep threat, and obviously the offensive line has got some shuffling to do. So you know, that's one that I think could be uh, very impactful. So uh, I think those are a couple others that I think, um, uh, you know, I'm interested in keeping an eye out, but, uh, but I think the ones we talked about earlier, just between TJ Watt and, 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 uh, and Dak, those are really the big line movers um, from an injury perspective. The Rams one is really curious to me because uh, especially early on in the season, we often see um, kind of those public favorites getting bet up and bet up. Um, and then, and then you've got a team like Atlanta who is a little bit scrappy and, and they showed it in their first game and, and we've been waiting for them to kind of turn things around for a couple of years. So, uh, certainly one to keep an eye on and, and, you know, you just spoke for two to three minutes on all the people that were out for the Rams and yet they're still, you know, 10 and a half point favorites potentially going up from there. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, might have a lot of people betting on the, well, Sean McVay is not going to let that happen again. Um, but Hey, uh, that's why that's why we talked to uh, guys like T.A. here on the show. Anybody else we should keep an eye on? No, I think that that pretty much sums it up. Jamal Adams is out for Seattle. We saw that last night again. I, the, 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 some of the other guys are probably not going to impact the line uh, too much. Um, Donovan Smith, the left tackle for Tampa, he would. But, it, you know, it looks like he's going to be fine. He's going to play. You know, I think everybody else we, we mentioned, um, Alan Lazard with the Packers. Again, that line bumped up to 10. It opened nine, went to 10. So I don't think anybody cares if he's going to play or not because it's more <laughs> about Aaron Rodgers, more about the opponent. So um, I think the ones that we hit on um, really are the, are the biggest drivers. Tampa's still a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, going into New Orleans, and and they said, certainly didn't look uh, all that great, even though they did come away with a win Sunday night. I might have said more about their opponent. I, I was shocked to see the number of times that Tom Brady was picking himself up in the red zone and, and in goal line situations. You just don't see that with Tom Brady very often. Uh, T.A., thank you so much, man. We will touch more on some of these injuries on Edge Rush, our full one-hour show. This is just a little teaser, a little taster for everybody to start getting excited, start thinking about your play for week two this is day to day on the hammer betting network i'm at real chris abbott he is at clev ta we are at the hammer hq on twitter check it out lots of good stuff going on so many shows you can't even keep track ta thanks a lot man thanks